Hi everyone, my name is Kajan, aka Gigi. And this is Mika. Victoria's not here with us. And this is a word at the table. And we have a very, very, very special guest with us today to help us dive into the topic. Uh, introducing Stephanie G. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Gigi. Um, and and Mika. I'm Stephanie Jean, and I'm excited to be here at A Word at the Table so we can have a conversation. Hope you guys are ready. Yeah, and we were just talking like before this, like this whole uh, situation about getting Stephanie on the podcast was a little too aligned. It was just God all the way. Like we were just saying like, you know, like I was actually thinking about Stephanie. I went to college with her. She's like my college friend. She's like the best thing that came out of Adelphi, to be honest. <laughs> even even above my degree um so so yeah I'm like yo I need to hit up Stephanie because something with my church there was like hit up someone that you haven't talked to in a while and I forgot obviously and then um talking to Mika during the week and Mika's like how's your friend Stephanie and I'm like yo this is it was crazy and like other things happened it was just too aligned for us not to get Steph on here so Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. So do you, before we get into the topic, we're going to do our bag of questions, our icebreaker question. So you go ahead, Gigi. What's the question? Yes. Who is your most memorable church lady and why? And I think everyone can, can say that they have one, you know, um, I know for me at my current church, uh, Church of the Harvest, um sister Sybil she I'm telling you that lady is a worship warrior and like when like you do something at church I think you could be literally maybe even like picking up a piece of trash like she'll be like you did such a good job like <laughs> she's like you were amazing or she'll like just lift you up in so many different ways like I remember one time I did something at my church and I actually didn't think I did a good job like I was like you know I was like what was I doing like I I, I felt like I wasn't as prepared as I usually am like I I don't think I necessarily brought God into it when I was just doing something and it, it, it ended up okay, but I know it could have been like way better if I prepared a little bit more. And then Sister Sybil was just like, she's like, Chi-Chi, you did such an amazing job. You da 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 Like, I was like, oh, thank you. Cause I was actually really feeling down about it. And like, she really <laughs> uplifted me. And she's always like, I'm telling you, you're having a bad day, call Sister Sybil. Like she'll talk about how beautiful you are. like everything she'll just uplift you in every way I think that's like one of her gifts of encouragement so for me the first when you asked the question at first I thought about a negative experience in church <laughs> but I'm gonna replace it with a positive <laughs> we got those two <laughs> yeah my favorite church lady I think I have two um one is my aunt Astrid she we've I don't think we've ever attended the same church but she's just like she's a prayer warrior she is an amazing um and she's actually my great aunt she's in her 80s um and I, I just love her spirit like I've known her all my life and she's been so consistent um like with her positive attitude and mm. she's never been a negative person. And I just admire, like, I, I admire her approach to, to life in general. Um, and her, 
like her life is very Christ-centered and prayer-centered. Like she prays, I think like three to or five times a day. <laughs> like she has a, a scheduled prayer life. Um, and mm. like her other activities include just calling people on the phone. So she, she calls me constantly still at 80. She knows my phone number. And if I call her, I like, I don't even have to say who it is. She'll be like, oh, Miki. She calls me Miki. Um, <laughs> and so like, she's just such a pleasant person. And the other one is Sister Taylor from my old church in New York. Um, and I admire her because she's just, she's just happy. Um, and I think oftentimes older Christians are not like happy. They're more, um, grumpy loud <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> rather than sunshine and I just love sister Taylor's attitude because um of like how she is like and I went on a mission trip with her like a few years ago and I got to know her better and I just admire her spirit and um just the way she carries herself mm. that's awesome I love, that. I love that yeah I do too okay so um I do have one and so I go to a um, multicultural church, right? It's definitely not uh, a Haitian church. Um, however, the my church lady, her her name is uh, Miss Pita, right? We call her Miss Pita. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting as you guys were speaking and sharing your your story with the icebreaker. I thought to myself, oh my God, she really is like my person, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, of like a person that I go to to talk about some things in church and like I feel like the relationship is still developing only because um I was involved in a small group um at my church and I typically go to her um her small groups because they they're broken into groups and she's the group leader and I usually pick her uh because I just noticed that she seemed like down to earth like down to earth she seemed really cool um, like, yeah, she's, she's a Christian and all that, but like, she just seemed more, more relatable, so mm, to speak. Yeah. She just seemed like I could relate to her and I thought, okay, fine. I like this lady's vibe. I like her energy. And then the last small group, um, not this last one, but the one prior to that, that I did, I don't know. We ended, it was in person. This was like, I think before pandemic or something, it kind of ended and I couldn't leave. Like I couldn't walk away. It was the most weirdest thing. Oh everyone was saying oh goodbye good night and I'm just kind of slowly like lurking about like a weirdo (laughs) and I'm like slowly approaching her and I think the reason it happened that way where I was moving so slow was because I was having a discussion in my head with God I was just like why why am I so pulled to this lady why do I feel like you want me to connect with her you know I don't bang with church people like that um I go to church and I leave like what's up like I don't need her to know my life. And I was really having this discussion as I'm like slowly walking towards her. And I just really felt God, I was like, no, like, it's okay. You could like, she's cool. You could trust her. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm, so I was like, whatever. So I get to her and I just kind of like, I didn't know what I was going to say. I'm like, I'm going to look like a real idiot. Like just standing there from this lady. Mm-hmm. And so I get there and I look at her and I'm just like, listen, I don't normally do this. This is very weird for me, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I like you. Um, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, wrote the note like, "Do you want to date me?" Yes. Check yes, no, maybe. <laughs> Should have right. That would have been so funny. It goes okay. I was like, 
I don't know, I just feel like this, uh, like pulling towards you. And so like, I don't know, like, should we exchange numbers or something? It was the weirdest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm. And she goes, of course, you know, no problem. And, you know, after that, I remember getting in my car. I was like, oh my God, I'm so, that was so weird. Oh my goodness. But you know what? Because at the end of it, um, now, I think it's been maybe a year or two. She texts me from time to time. She checks up on me, which is really nice. Um, we actually have been trying to make plans to like go out to eat uh, for the past, you know, two years. But she, this summer, we're like, for sure, we're doing it. We're doing it. So it's it's kind of really nice. I've never had a bond like that ever with anyone in church. Because like I said, I, I really don't. It's really, but I don't bangs with it um, um, for many reasons. I'm sure you guys have discussed on your podcast. And so it's like, oh, so it's nice to see that her, her family, her husband's really nice. Um, they're really nice. And it's just really great. Like I, when I passed my license, um, I was telling my, um, my friends, my family and everyone. And like, she popped into my head and I was like, oh, wow. And I kind of, I hesitated at first. I'm like, I'm really not used to sharing my life with church folks. But I was like, no, nah, it's it's Miss Pita, you know, y'all are cool. You text her about So yeah, so that's my short long story of how I have a church lady. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I love how you said like she just seemed down to earth because I think yes. that's really hard. It's it's kind of sad. Like you would actually think at church mm-hmm. you're going to experience people where you could open up and like connect with, but Unfortunately, we've had like a, a lot of bad experiences with church people. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all people. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we often get the negative than like the positive, like, oh yeah, you know what? Everyone was like uplifting me and encouraging and things like that. It's, it's kind of sad, but I think we all have those memorable people that we can be like, yo, they really held me down, you know? For Absolutely. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Agreed agreed I didn't think it was possible but I've talked to her about some hard things uh, that were happening at the time and I remember thinking to myself why do I trust this woman so much you know like I don't get it but I was like all right god I'm gonna go with it because you know you work in mysterious ways or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and that's beautiful that's beautiful and I think god knows what we need to you know even yeah like you were saying yeah. you were stepping and you didn't know and you didn't know but you was like all right let me just talk to her so that was kind of a good segue too like yeah, kind of exactly. into something you're not sure uh-huh. <laughs> yeah today we're gonna talk about the topic of taking a leap of faith um and I'm not sure exactly how the idea oh actually I now I know <laughs> uh, so the idea of taking a leap of faith came to mind for me personally, uh, I'd say like probably it's been on my mind for the last two years or so because I am contemplating uh, a big change in my life where I never envisioned I would take this path. Um, So I've been praying about it, meditating on it. And as I've been thinking about it, um, God brought Stephanie to my heart because I know that a few years ago, she made a huge career switch. Um, And although I don't know you very well, Steph, I do remember that as a memorable thing, like what, she did that? (laughs) Um, So I wanted to talk to you today about taking a leap of faith because, you know, I think it's something that is really relatable because um, there are times where, you know, we may want to make 
that change. And sometimes it's not a, it's not a big change. It could be small and, you know, we're afraid to, and we hesitate. Um, and you think about, you know, what if this doesn't work out the way that I envision, or you may be worried that you don't know exactly how to make that transition, or you don't want to make a mistake or take any risk. And sometimes we may want to look into a crystal ball and ensure like we're really making the right decision because we really, like for me as a type A person, I always plan things out and it really makes me feel, feel like I'm on shaky ground when I, when I'm not in control and when I don't know what I'm, what I, what the future looks like, which no one knows what the future look like, looks like, but when you're taking yourself out of your comfort zone, it could be very uncomfortable. So with that, we're going to jump into our leap of faith. And so Steph, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and your moment of the, or decision to take that leap of faith? Sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, I do agree with everything you said. It's, it's all of that. And then some, um, so for me, I guess I could start by telling you guys a little bit myself. I am, so recently I just became an LMSW. So I'm a social worker, but now I'm licensed master as a social worker, which, um, which is the end goal of my story. Well, not really the complete end goal, but this was long overdue in the making, I think in the process. So I currently work um, as a rape sexual assault therapist um, and I have, you know, a caseload and I'm, out here doing what I'd love to do most, helping people, counseling people, uh, guiding them and helping them, I guess, figure things out, so to speak, uh, coping skills, whatever you could think of. And I like working in the field of trauma because trauma is all around us, right? And often we may not realize it. And I think the pandemic really helped so many people understand the magnitude of like the impact that the trauma has, because let's face it, it's, uh, it was sudden, it was unprepared for, we didn't know. So that's what we consider to be one of the things about trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Um, often it may not be foreseeable and it could be sudden. It's not always that case, but that's what it is. So I like working with trauma. Um, I like working to help people overcome it. I like working to help people cope with it and help them realize it's not a death sentence. Cause I think that's one of the big things, people struggling with PTSD, anxiety, depression, all these things. And so as a therapist, I really do enjoy that work currently. And I've been doing that for the past, I want to say, uh, two years, which has been great. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. Now, let's take a quick trip down memory lane. Uh, prior to this, I actually graduated with Gigi. We went to Delphi, as she mentioned, you know, that's the homie. Um, and I think we both graduated with bachelor's in accounting. We were in the accounting program. That's where I met her. And I was, I'm a very uh, type A, like you said. So I certainly was, had everything planned out. Like I stepped onto that campus. I was like, all right, four years. That's what they gave me. And that's what the financial loans gave me, (laughs) you know, not a session more. And so I was like, cool. So I planned everything out and I graduated and I was like, all right. The next step is you're going to go get a master's because that's kind of what they were really putting on to us. Like, oh, get that fifth year, get your master's, and then you sit for the CPA exam and then you're good. And I'm like, all right, great. I'm here to make this money. I don't care about nothing. <laughs> I'm paper and that's it. So immediately, of course, the last, my, um, my senior year at Adelphi, I decide I'm going to go to 
you know, grad school. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this fifth year thing. And I apply. So I get into grad school and I complete that within a year. And so now I'm like, I don't know, maybe 23, I think. And I have a master's and I'm waiting. I'm going on interviews uh, to hear back from different companies, CPA firms. And I get an interview with a mid-sized firm um, in the city. And so I'm thinking to myself, oh, awesome. Great. Here I am. Sign, I signed my bonus. You know, I'm young. Most money I've ever made in my life. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was I'm like, this is awesome. Um, I felt like I was gonna like, you know, paper, paper, paper everywhere. You get this, you know? <laughs> so I was enjoying it. And not only that, when I started working there, um, I realized I had opportunity to work with the international group. So a lot of the international group came from Europe. Um, um, people spoke French and other languages, and I was like, oh, I'm Haitian, I, I got this. So I was like, yo. I want to go to the international side. And so they said, sure. So that's exactly what they did. That's where I started working. And I was taking it in like any new job you get. And again, you're new. And I didn't really have anyone to guide me in the accounting field. Like most people in my family, they're in the medical field. Um, and so I was like, all right, here I am going to do my thing. So I start working, working. And it's really cool. Of course, it's like everything they say it is. It's the black card expense. It's the, you know, you your, your flights are paid. Your hotel rooms are paid. Your food is expense. I'm like, oh, lit. I'm like, yes, I'm happy. Um, and then a year goes by and I'm like, all right. It starts to be a little less glamorous, right? And I'm entering year two. And I start to find myself stagnant, right? I start, I'm starting to get a bit stagnant. I don't really have, as they say, a joie de vie for the job or to wake up in the morning and, and go to work. And now I'm like, oh, subways, oh, people um, having to work. And let's not forget um, the long hours, right? That existed um, in the traveling, but also when I was home working, you know, from home, that that also consisted of long hours during busy season, right? And so I was like, oh gosh. So I'm doing my thing and I'm realized I don't care about this. Like I don't care about Excel. I don't care about these spreadsheets. I don't care about these bottom line dollars. Like it was really soul sucking. And so as the year, the second year is going on, I became friends with um, one of the HR managers. And she's a very sweet woman, very nice, very supportive. And I had a conversation with her. And I think I was terrified because I'm like, oh my God, if I talk to her, they're going to fire me, you know, because I still didn't know what I was going to do. So I talked to her and she goes, yeah, you know, like, listen, it happens, you know, take your time. Like she kind of encouraged me to kind of like keep trying. So I was like, all right, fine. So I didn't want to just quit. Um, I started to feel, like I said, pieces of my soul just leave me. I was like, oh my God, I really hate what I do. Um, and I started to get to this place where, I'm sure some people can relate where you get to work and you're like, I'm going to watch YouTube. I'm going to watch YouTube. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I got spreadsheet and I got YouTube. I'm like, and then I, it came to, and at that time I was like, you know what? Starbucks is right outside. All right. Four trips to Starbucks, four trips. <laughs> and like, I would come back and like, it's only 12. Like, I did so much. Okay. So I that instead of, um, kind of like quitting, I decided, you know what, maybe it's the auditing side of things that I don't like. Let me try taxation. And so I got myself transferred to the taxation department. And now I stopped traveling because the traveling was also taking a toll on my mental health. Um, so there were times where like, you know, I would only be home for like the weekend and then I'll be on another assignment. And I was just like, oh, I didn't, it was just not good. So I was like, maybe if I'm home more, I'll like the job better. 
great. I went into taxation and I got there. I had my own desk. Things are going great. And then of course, busy season, I find myself at the office leaving at like eight, nine, 10. And I'm like, Oh, what is going on here? You know? And I'm just like, why am I here at 10 o'clock? Like, why you know I find my and I don't know if you've ever like worked in any buildings in the city I found myself at that late hour looking through the windows at other buildings and other workers I'm like oh my god solidarity like we kind of (laughs) (laughs) you're like help writing in the window (laughs) exactly help me (laughs) like oh gosh and then the thing is I'm a person um when I step into a place I like to figure out everything about it and kind of figure out where am I going to fit in and what do I want out of this right so obviously I'm in this career field I'm observing partners right because that's uh, to the field of accounting at least in my perspective what I wanted was if the highest level was to become a partner then that's what I want right and so I'm observing their lives and I'm like oh my god if I am not a partner yet and I'm sitting there and I hate it so much what am I I'm just not going to make it to partner. I'm just, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. And I would see them sometimes have their kids come in and like after school, a kid is sitting in a cubicle doing homework. I'm like, damn, that's the life. Like, okay. And so I'm like, I don't like this. I just really can't do this. So after that period of time, it wasn't even a full year um, in the position. I was like, you know, this is not fair to the company. It's not fair to me. I, uh, I can't do this anymore. It's not fair to the clients I, I'm working on these teams with, you know, because I'm not really giving it my all. I was like, I've got to go. Now, the process of me finally listening to that voice was unbelievable. Because as I tell the story, what, what I didn't say is in the background of that, every time I went home, every time I was on the subway, I was consumed with leaving consumed with it um trying to create plans because you know I'm, I uh sometimes I take the wheel from God yes I admit it um and I'm creating plans in my head I'm like right if I leave I gotta have this job lined up I gotta do this I gotta I'm like planning away and I'm like uh-uh, I got student loans and then the other thing that you wouldn't think that started to happen was I started to say well how dumb am I to leave I spent five years in school and collected xyz amount of loans why would I walk away from a job that others would consider good paying, you know, you're making money. Like, why would you do this? This is so stupid. You're so stupid. Like I was just going on and on about myself. And I, and then I got to a place where I was like, I really felt the pressure of like, no, you have to leave. There were days I would arrive to work and I kid you not, I would go inside, put my stuff down. And like I said, coffee run had to happen. And I would just stand there in front of the building in the street, unable to go in. That's how much I knew I couldn't do it anymore. And I would call my friends and I'd be like going on and on about how I have to leave. I have to leave. I have to leave. And I'm just like, oh my God. And then the biggest fear I would say that really helped me um, was I just couldn't shake disappointing my mom, my family. I couldn't, it, it, it held me there. I would say uh, probably a year longer <laughs> than it should have that fear. Um, which is a whole topic of its own, but uh, that fear really kept me there. And I was like, I kept imagining and role-playing like the conversation with her, like me telling her I'm leaving this job, me telling her this. And I just kept hearing all this negative responses, you know, like, oh my goodness, or, oh, oh," you know, like, what are you going to be doing? The Haitian, oh, there goes that judgment. Right, right. (laughs) You know, oh God. And so I think there was, I don't know what happened. And I think I had reached, beyond reach one of my points and I think I was on the phone with one of my friends and they were like listen you just have to do it at this point like you're talking yourself in circles you already know you don't want to be here 
you have to do it. So funny thing. So I was like, all right, fine, not a problem. I think I got to work. Um, I don't remember the specifics, but I got to work uh, either the next day or a couple of days. And I went to the HR lady who I'm cool with. And I said, hey, yeah, I can't do this. And she goes, oh, I knew it. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I said, this is not for me. Like it just didn't fit. And the people were nice because what I realized is when I was on, um, on clients and going to businesses and doing audits, I enjoyed talking more to the people there about their lives than I did about the audit. Than I did about, oh, what's the bottom line? What's the year end? What's the statement? What's this? I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I cared more about the people's lives than a 1065. You know, like, I don't care about that. So I was like, okay. So I told her. And of course, I think it was literally, it must have been uh, Thursday or Friday. And the reason I remember this is because after we had that conversation, I remember going home and then it was a Saturday evening. I drove into the city with a friend, walked into the office building and packed up my entire desk. (laughs) Packed up my entire desk, came to work Monday with nothing at my desk, just waiting like, yeah, I need to get out ASAP. I didn't even give two weeks. And it's not because I didn't want to be courteous. It was just the urgency of I needed to get out was just large and so I was like yeah I gotta go um and I remember it being so vivid that that Monday I was sitting at a desk and I was like damn there's nothing at this desk you already packed up and and I met with other people um in HR and they were very supportive like even the I guess the director if that was his title he was like listen you're a nice person you're a good kid because you know he called me a kid at the time which uh you're a good kid um you're gonna be fine and they were really generous you know um with their severance package and everything so I was grateful so I took the leap literally on the train home I think I was sitting there like wow I don't have a job tomorrow I don't have a job like it just set in like I don't have a job (laughs) what do I do um and more importantly when I get off this train I have to see my mom <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, what mom, you could just hear her with the finger, like, <laughs> yes. I was like, no, what am I gonna do? So I decided that. Um, so I'm thinking in my head, deep in thought, and I'm on the train sitting to Long Island Railroad at the time. And oh my goodness, let me tell you, I don't know if it was God, I don't know what it was, but I choose to believe it's God because the woman across from me. I remember her looking like we made eye contact because on the train, I definitely try heavy not to make eye contact with people. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's a must in New York. Like, yeah. not, you make too much eye contact. Now, now you're in a relationship. Now you, <laughs> now you, now you, you date in the mom that you made a, an eye contact with. So, no. That's so true. So I don't know what happened, but somehow I slipped up and we, we locked eyes. And mind you, I have, the eyes of sadness my I, she must have been able to read my entire aura and she looks at me and she goes don't worry everything's gonna be fine everything is gonna be okay wow, wow. tears flooding into my eyes but like at the time this was like pre-therapy so I was very prideful about my tears so I was like oh you're not gonna cry in front of these people <laughs> <laughs> so I was like oh and I looked at her and I kind of just nodded my head like thank you and I got off the train and I got home and I was like, okay, okay. And I remember I walked into my house, went straight past everyone, 
into my bedroom and I dropped to my knees and I was like, what have I done, Lord? Like, mm-hmm. what have I done? And more importantly, I feel like I'm listening to you telling me to leave, to take that leap. And I leap and now I'm like terrified. So I prayed for like a few a minutes and I got up and then like, I think, I don't know if my mom came over to me or I came out to her. I don't really know, but she's like, are you okay? And I, I told her like, yeah, I left the job. And it was the most awkward thing ever because like, she just looked at me <laughs> and I was, just, and I'm like, I was ready for any of the rehearsed lines that I had said to myself that I imagined she would say. And I, it's going to be a little bit of a downer because I don't even remember what she said because I think I was so worked up. Mm-hmm. about it. I don't think I expected something more, but she just looked at me and said, okay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel all it is, all this anxiety I put myself through. Not and a you just had one word. Response. Not a Haitian mom response at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, I was like, I have an ulcer. <laughs> like from the mouth of heart palpitations. <laughs> I'm stressed. I spent over six months like staying there longer than I should, like because I didn't want to disappoint her. And she was just very like, okay. You could see in her face that like she didn't really know what else to say, but she probably could see in my face like I couldn't take her saying anything else. I just please don't say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, wow. And that's what started that journey. And so I say that because from that point on, it was um, 2015, the end of 2015, I remember thinking, okay, what am I going to do? And I was unemployed for a couple months, I would say. I don't know if I was employed, unemployed for the full six months or whatever the, I think it's one year unemployment gives you or whatever it was. But I was on that. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I have like bills to pay. I have other bills besides student loans. What am I going to do? And I was just like really upset. And I remember having like, I had a Walmart, um, a Walmart card because I had been looking for jobs and I didn't know what direction to go in. I kind of was waiting on God, but like, I'm not patient. Newsflash. I don't know if you guys know. Uh, um, I'm not patient. I often visualize God looking at me like, yeah, this one, yeah, she just, she just don't wait, <laughs> you know? And so, me too. <laughs> right. I'm not. So I'm like, I'm looking for a job. I'm like, oh, it's been a month. Oh, it's been two months. Like, this should be happening and especially since I felt like God really pushed me to leave like he really like it wasn't just me desiring to leave like there was a calling like I have to leave this place so I'm like all right God like I listen to you and now what? I'm sitting here with de- with degrees doing nothing and feeling like I'm a huge disappointment and failure and I have bills and I think to add insult to injury I had a um at the time, I wasn't up on my credit card game. So the only credit card I had was like from Walmart um, that had given it to me when I was in college. And then I had like a balance on it, like nothing crazy, like two, three hundred dollars. And them suckers sent me to collection. No. <laughs> I, was, I was like, really? <laughs> like, I'm trying to collect this unemployment to like handle it. And you guys sent me. I've never been more insulted in my life. So I was like, <laughs> probably like um you didn't pay so that makes sense but I'm like yeah but I don't know I take it personal mm-hmm. and so what I did was the minute I got uh I guess my check I took that paid the whole thing off and I called them I said close this account boom and I was like yeah you take that okay. making me like garbage collection <laughs> I was like oh but then of course later on I learned it was not good to close a long-standing account but whatever um you live in that it that really started that made me feel like wow are you ever gonna like get yourself together at that point you're like 24 I think I'm like getting older and I'm like panicking um 
and then, you know, like anything else, lots of prayer, definitely lots of prayer, but like, you know, I don't think as human beings that we're, we can live life without fear. Fear is just something that exists. However, with the fear, I just kept choosing to believe that God wouldn't have me look stupid. That's really how I saw it. Right. And I'm just like, God, like if you're doing something, it's for you and your glory. So like, I can't look stupid. Like we just, we just not doing it. I can't right. look stupid. You're not gonna, you're not gonna push me to do something without having everything aligned. Yeah. Like I'm just in a point that I have to wait, but yeah. I know you have everything aligned and ready for me. Yeah, exactly. And then I remembered I got a job unrelated, didn't think that this job really was what God wanted me to go for. And I had at that point figured out, cause I took some time to really talk to God and I realized I want to be in the helping profession. Like I really want to do therapy. Like that's all I knew at the time. Right. I didn't know if it was going to be social work, psychology or whatever, but I knew I wanted to be in therapy, but I couldn't get a job into anything. I didn't know what to do. And I also was terrified of like making any more large commitments. Cause I think I was still a little bit like um, suffering PTSD from the fact that I chose a whole career and now I don't like it. So I was like, so it made me slow down, but then I was like, I still need money. So I got a job uh, working um, as an HR associate for a company. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I'm doing HR. This is still not what I want to do. I still don't like this, but I need a paycheck. So I got this job and I'm driving like 45 minutes in traffic, an hour. So I go from train, you know, commuting to now driving. And I'm like, I really don't want to do this. And I think before the year was up at that job, I remember I was praying to God. I was like, God, I can't be here. Like, I can't spend more than a year. I, I don't know why for some reason I didn't want to spend more than a year there. Mm-hmm. as I was, I wanted to do. And I don't, amazing thing happened, uh, which different part of my story, but there was, there is this organization that I'm affiliated with and I had done some stuff. Um, and I also had, um, they had helped me out with some stuff. I, and I think I had told them like, Hey guys, like keep me in mind if you ever want, need anything. And someone emailed me from that company out of the blue, out mm-hmm. of the blue. And they're like, hey, would you like to do an interview um, about child abuse and things like that? And I was like, sure. And like, it's going to be on TV. I said, oh, sure. Like, whatever. I've never been on TV before, but I'm the kind of person, I think yes is a good thing to say. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do your interview. And it was a heavy topic. Um, again, different uh, discussion we could have for another time. But I went on and I remember loving it so much. And I think in the green room, he was observing me. My mom was there too. And when I came out and I kid you not, he goes, oh my God, like you present so well, like you articulate yourself so well, you speak so well, we have an opening. Would you be interested in coming to work with us in our education department? I'm like, wow. Yeah. And I said, yes, because the um, organization deals with child abuse, um, domestic violence, all these things like trauma related stuff. And I'm just like, sure. And I'm like, oh my God. In my mind, I was excited because I'm like, oh my God, I'm one step closer to like therapy because I know they do therapy there. I'm, I will be a therapist, but I just, I was grateful. Literally, I accepted and I started working there and that was 2017. So mind you, I left my job in 2015. So now we're in 2017. I'm, I left that other job and now I'm here. And I started in March and I was excited because I get to now talk about topics that are important to me that I think is relevant to the world that a lot of, most of us, Um, go through. And so I really enjoyed the job. I worked at it 
And I went to different schools and did um, healthy relationships um, kind of workshop for teenagers. We had candid conversations and open conversations. And so it was really great and I'm enjoying it. In that process, after a year there, I felt the peace because the whole time, by the way, I know I'm not saying this often, but please, please know that my conversations with God does not stop, right? your traditional let's not always drop on your knees right I know when I left the job that day I came home I had to drop on my knees because I couldn't stand up um (laughs) but the reality was um I talked to God anywhere like in my car um in the shower like anywhere anywhere as long as I have consciousness I'm talking so I've been talking what do I do now do I go back to school like how dumb is that to go back to school you know like you already have degrees so what do I do I look it up. I look, I look up ways. And I think I called New York state and I'm like, so I already have a master's and it says here for me to be a therapist, like you need a, a master's or whatever. And so like, um, I already have one. So can I just sit for the license? That was literally what I, I was like, gung ho, I'm here. I don't want to do any more schooling. And they're like, yeah, you have a master's in a complete different discipline. <laughs> yeah. It work. <laughs> I was like, oh, because the master's I had was a master's in taxation. So I was just like, oh, I was like, really? Like, yeah, you have to go to school. I was like, oh my God. So I was like, all right, fine. So I had decided that for sure. I know this is what I want to do because I've been working there for a year. I really enjoy what I'm doing. So I applied and I got into a master's program for social work and it was a really great program. I was able to intern also at the same job. Um, I think last year, yeah, because I graduated in May of 2021. So I interned there at the job while also working at the other department. And when it was all done, I got hired a month before graduation. So I'm like, look at God. Look at, look wow. at God. Wow. That's amazing. Yes. Oh, it, the way it happened was unreal because as, you know, um, the months were approaching, I'm thinking to myself, girl, you're about to graduate in May. Where are you going to work? um now you are you know a social worker and you know you have to take your licensing exam but also where are you going to work because now I was beginning to feel that sense of again stagnancy um I about the education position anymore going to teach it was getting redundant and I'm just like okay and at that point I had been there like I said I started in 2017 which about 2021 so somebody do the math out here um right and I've been there and I was like and I've been committed and I was grateful to that department because they allowed me to go part-time my last year of school because school picked up and I couldn't keep full-time work and school so I had to go part-time work and that was another leap of faith because I'm like god I still have bills like you keep, I'm like you keep cutting my money and I have bills so I did it and I was in the internship, I think it was February. And I'm like, oh my God, because other people at school, like, oh, I, um, I'm a, I applied to this position. I applied to that position. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't applied to anything. What am I doing? What's going on? But I'm like, oh. I just kept thinking, but you ordained these steps. So mm-hmm. I go ahead of you. I've gone ahead of you. I know what it's like to like chuck the deuces to the Lord. I'm like, I got this. Ah. So I was like, this time I'm really trying not to. So I didn't really, like, I wasn't motivated to apply anywhere else. But at the same time in my head, I'm like, but you're about to graduate in three months. You have no idea. So I was like, all right. So one day, um, I think um, what I, so part of my internship is that I ran a, um, a rape sexual assault group and the group leader, I was observing his group and being a part of it. We were co-facilitating. And 
we were in a staff meeting and out of nowhere he announces that he had taken his licensing exam and he passed it and he's leaving. I was like, he's leaving. Funny thing thing is, I was excited for him and happy that he was leaving. I didn't even put two and two together that there was an opening now. You know, I didn't think about it. Mm-hmm. until I want to say a couple weeks go by and my supervisor goes oh um we have an we're gonna have an opening and so you know hopefully someone takes it I'm like someone me <laughs> I'm the someone you mean the facilitator <laughs> yeah so I thought about it and I was like sure so I put my you know you do your due diligence you put your applications and everything in, and I go and of course I get the position and like so when would you like to start so now at this point, we're in May, though. I think the other person finished off in April. And I'm like, look, at like literally toe for toe. We're in May. And they're like, when would you like to start? And like, she had proposed a date. And that date was a week before gradu- the week of graduation. And I'm like, yeah, can I at least have one week off like to get myself? So I put it for literally the weekend after graduation. That Monday, I started working. Wow. Look at that. Uh, right? <laughs> Right? That's amazing. That's amazing. It, it really was. Um, wow. So that's the that's the big chunk of the story. I know you have more questions, yeah. but that's so, how we got. Okay, so you answered a lot of my questions, but one question that I think came up is, I think for uh, what's interesting to me in your story is that, like, you had to stop and take a break from what you were doing that path you were following in order for God to for you to sit still for, for you to hear from God because when you were busy in your accounting job you weren't able to focus on what exactly God wanted you to do what steps you needed to take because I think oftentimes like we may think like well you know I gotta secure yeah reality pay the bills and I can't just you know leave my And yeah, that may not be the reality for everybody or everybody's story, but I think it's interesting to me that like you really had to stop and be still in order to hear. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yes. Um, I don't know a lot of verses by heart, like in terms of where they're from, but like that verse that talks about be still. Yeah, right. And know he's God. Oh, my goodness. I I felt like it haunts me, you know? (laughs) Like seriously, because during those years, there was a whole year where that be still was just everywhere. And I really felt like that's what he wanted. Like, oh my God, how do I be still? You know, like being still, because I think the stillness was in those months of unemployment, right? And of like, kind of like not knowing what I was going to do, really being frustrated with myself, but also not having an option, but ra- but to sit, right? And so I think for me and my my personal personality and the way I am, it, it takes drastic measures to get me to be still. And so I felt like I was like, no, no jobs. Nobody's going to answer you back. No one's going to you know, hit you up on your resume. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I had to be still. And it kind of like, I reached a point kind of like, um, I exhausted myself with trying mm-hmm. to my own will. Like if, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to will things of my own power, I should say. And I eventually kind of settled in and I was just like, okay. And I remember I saw therapy so that's when I started my um therapeutic journey right um I walked into my therapist's office uh, I think after one or two sessions and I kind of basically said listen I have a plan you know by 30 I want xyz things I've quit my job I don't know what I'm doing I need to get my life together and I think 
she encouraged me. That's when I was first introduced to journaling and kind of this concept of like slowing down. She really had to, um, and I'm saying this like it happened overnight. It did not. We had back and forth, back and forth before I accepted that I could let go of this notion and just be still. And then I started to kind of, I took the journaling and started to like pray and talk to God and be like, okay, I'm going to be still. What, what should I do? What do I need to do? You know, what's going on with me? And I kind of really felt this kind of just natural feeling of, yeah, you want to help people. You want to be a therapist. Right. And I remember thinking to myself, wow. And I said, sure, that's what I'm going to do. So I kind of was dedicated to that. And that's the only way I was able to be still. Like, I feel like I'm a person that till this day, I, I was telling Gigi that even when I see God start talking to me about being still again, it still makes me a little queasy because um, I'm like, oh, you're about to do something that's going to drive me crazy. And I don't like it. And I already know I don't like it. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, be still. But I got to tell you, it is an important ingredient in, le in leaping. If you're going to take a leap of faith, there's going to be that moment where you have to eventually settle in and hear from God, especially when we're talking about leaping. So I'm like, no, you have to hear from God before you leap. And you have to hear with from God throughout your leaping. Because for me, there would be weeks and I would panic like, oh my God, he's left me. I'm dumb. Why I listen to this ghost voice? I don't know why. <laughs> you, know? you know, so I'm like, oh no. But then he, he would reassure me whether it's a phone call, a friend would show up. I'll get a random text message. It would be very aligning. So certainly uh, being still, very important key ingredient to leaping. Yeah, I love that you said that, like he sends people talk to you to encourage you, because I definitely feel like that's happened to me before as well, like where I don't know what's happening and someone will just talk to me and they have no idea that like I'm thinking something, or I'm going through something and then they just send you this encouraging message or like, you know, some type of word of encouragement of support and you're just like, okay, God, thank you. Like, you know, and it's like, he knows, he knows what each of us needs in the timing that we need it like I think that like we always want to do things in our time you know and being still doesn't work with our schedule and our plans and it's like but when you do wait on God and you take that time to be like okay God I'm gonna trust you even though I don't see the next step I'm gonna trust you his timing is literally perfect it's so perfect on how he aligns it. like when you look back on it and you're like oh snap <laughs> like thank god i listened to thank god i didn't you know try to do things on my own so, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. yeah and you know one thing that i think um many things stick out to me in your story but i think particularly in the last thing that you said that really brings it home is how open i think you've been with um being vulnerable throughout your journey like when you even when you went to the HR person that you were close to at work in the accounting firm uh, and how yeah. you sought a, that, you know, just, you know, as an outlet, as a person to speak to, I think it's also important because for me, uh, sometimes when I'm doing something I'm uncertain about, I'll just like do it in my own little echo chamber and not invite anybody else in. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I'm, if I sound crazy to myself, I'm gonna sound crazy to other people too. So I think it's really, it's really cool that you were, um, that you've been transparent and you continue to be transparent. And maybe it's evident in like 
the fact that you are a therapist and you've been through that, um, maybe therapy is still a part of your journey. So I think it's just really important, um, like that transparency and that's something I can work on and implement. Mm -hmm. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. If you can, that make that would make my heart happy. I'm on a mission to help people learn to be okay with vulnerability. It is not a bad word. It is, a, you know, and I could say that because me, vulnerability, where? Never. <laughs> you know? And that was me up until it wasn't me. And I learned so much from that. And it did play a role in helping me with that leap of faith of kind of God pointing me, like, talk to that person, trust that person, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of um, the other thing I'd say, and thank you for pointing that out, which is you do need to kind of find places to open up and who to open up to strategically, which I think says a lot more of how when God is sending you, mm -hmm. it requires kind of like he'll bring the people, he'll send the people, he'll mm -hmm. the who is the right person to talk to at the right time, mm -hmm. right? Because like I said, I, I don't trust people easily. And so um, when I found people that I trusted that really kind of had my back, I was like, oh. Church ladies that um, like, you know, you just have find people that you just feel comfortable saying, hey, you know, I kind of want to talk about this. I would love like mentorship or, you know, just advice on something. Um, yeah. So I definitely think that God helps you in that process too, to help you to be vulnerable too. Absolutely. And there's a, there's a thing in a journey. I don't know if, if it's this way for everyone, because I don't know everyone's um, individual relationship um, with God and their belief. But for me, I need a little bit of confirmation along the way. Right. You know? Um, yes. And so I leaped and by my definition, I was in agony because um, waiting is not my thing. But I think there were moments where he really did send some breadcrumbs, right, um, to kind of sustain me. And it was just like, and one of them was, I don't remember, I can't even tell what year or when it happened, but I just remember being in a conversation with my mother or around my mother. And she said, I don't know why you became an accountant. You always wanted to be a therapist. I'm like, what? And it's just like, yeah, when you were a kid, you used to like role play therapy with your sisters. I'm like, oh, wow. wow. Like, mom, why did you tell me this? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> after all these years, after graduating with these degrees, now you want to tell Thanks, me, like, mom. Yeah, <laughs> right? So in my head, I thought to myself, I literally said to her, I was like, like, what? Why did you say that? I mean, she, she said, uh, she gave me some response back about not wanting to get in my way or whatever, which I get. Cause I, um, after she said that to me, I reflected on it and I'm like, would I have listened to her at the time? You know, if she had told me at 18, like, Oh, you should do this. I probably wouldn't have. And so I guess in a way, I'm still glad she didn't tell me, but when she said it, it was even more confirmation that I was on the right path. Cause it made me feel like with this, I was meant to do this, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's that's amazing. And also, I think like oftentimes, like you were saying, if we try to rush God's timeline and try to do things our way, like sometimes, you know, it has to take that time for you to walk through certain things for you to have those moments where he speaks to you, because otherwise you would not know God the way that you know him now had you had it the easy way. So, yeah. yeah, every step in the journey is is important. 
very and I loved how you said um like the breadcrumbs along the way too because I feel like you know as you know we're talking about a leap of faith like that's the whole point of faith like we don't know every part we don't know the whole picture and it's little small stuff that God is like giving us not because he's like a cruel God or anything like that but it's also like a faith walk so we also need to have faith and knowing that, you know, I can trust you and building your trust. And like you were saying, Mika, like, you know, um, getting to know God in a deeper way, because if we knew everything, we wouldn't trust in God. We wouldn't want to lean on him. We wouldn't take those leaps of faith if we just knew everything on our own. So I think it's also like building your relationship as well. It certainly has. I, I, I can say that. Um, in my personal, like I call it that personal vertical relationship. Um, it certainly has helped me grow a lot. I'm still growing. I'm still growing in it. And it's like, wow, it just, it blows me away. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I love like, you know, you have that moment with your mom. And I think like sometimes too, those moments really help. Like when you look back and you're like, yo, that was a moment where God really spoke to me in this situation. Like he's going to continue to help me every step of the way like I don't have to be scared I mean obviously in those moments sometimes we are scared and we want to do our own thing but like remembering those moments like oh snap he spoke to me like here like this yeah I was able to trust him and look what happened like it helps you continue that journey of you know taking that leap of faith in whatever it is Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm a very sentimental person. So anyone who was a part of that journey, anyone who was sent by God, I just feel such gratitude for them, such love, because they did not know the some there were times that I was in very dark places, right, mentally, and emotionally, and then here comes a message, or here comes a person or here comes someone and I'm just like, thank God they were obedient to whatever made them reach out to me. Thank God they were obedient for coming and want and thinking of me and sending me love and showering me with love it just or being with me hanging out with me whatever it was to mm-hmm. pull out that of that because in this journey like life doesn't stop and I think that's what it is right um I don't want this to sound like it's a magical thing no mm-hmm. every day of this journey that I went through for these past five years probably more because we're in 2022 now <laughs> <laughs> um, every day was still life you know and I had my ups, I had my downs, I had depression, I had negative thoughts. There were moments where I was mad at God. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And for the most part, I held my breath while doing it, right? I have this quote that I say often is like doing it afraid. And I only say that because I discovered that quote during my time, during that initial walk of like leap of faith and figuring things out. I had to, like, it came to me and I thought to myself, that's what I need to hold on to. I need to remind myself I'm walking with God and I'm choosing faith, but I'm terrified, but I'm going to walk anyway. I'd rather walk trembling than forfeit my, my destiny. You know, mm-hmm. that's how I want it. That's, that's kind of, I see that. You're giving me chill stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Like I, that really hits home. Um, yeah, this is, this is amazing. I'm so glad that we um, were able to get some time with you. Thank you for yeah. your- today thank you for sharing yeah. your beautiful story thank i feel like we have another episode to do again because yes, there's so definitely. much more to talk about um absolutely yes so with that i want to i don't know if you have anything else Suji. no that's it for me so i wanted to leave you guys the listeners viewers with a few verses that you can 
read in your own time. Um, the whole chapter of Hebrews 11 talks about faith in action, uh, but specifically um, Hebrews 11.1 1 is often quoted and the definition of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the ev evidence of things not, not seen. Um, so really like having faith in God is a demonstration of not, of the unknown, of not knowing. So even if naturally you are a person who is, who likes to be in control, a person who wants to know the future, unfortunately that's not reality. No yeah. one can know the future, um, <laughs> but having faith in God and seeking his guidance and seeking him in every step in our journey certainly helps us along the way. And it, it, it helps us not prolong the journey longer than it has to, to be. Um, and another verse, uh, which I didn't even know you, you, you sought counseling, but I had this verse prior to us um, even talking, it was Proverbs eleven fourteen that says, for lack of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is, is won through many advisors. So that really talks about, you know, it's, it's important to seek godly counsel when you are making decisions, not just, you know, advice from people, but also sitting down and meditating on the word um, and meditating on how, what God wants to speak to you personally. And Steph, it sounds like you did that along the way and continue to do that. Um, and I think as Christians, it's, it's a big part of our lives when we really relinquish control, our control to God, and he really will not let us down because his promises are sure and certain. So with that, I will close. And thank you so much for listening. Steph, again, thank you for joining us. And thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks again on your license. Yes. <laughs> I will be scheduling a therapy session. <laughs> <For> real. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Not All right, y'all. Um, anything, any last words, anything you want to say, Steph or Mika? Um, I don't know. I think I, if any, if there's any last words is that in the, in the, um, in your relationship with, with God and as he's bringing you through your journey, there might be a lot of leaps. And with each leap, it's a lesson learned. It's, it's like your faith grows and you will feel the same fear every time. But remember that you leaped before and he didn't fail you and he won't. And that's it. So that way it, it makes those moments where you have to leap, big or small moments, it makes it a bit bearable. And because I, I remind myself now that my license and I'm like, what's next, God? And I'm like, another leap is about to come. I know it. And I'm just excited now. Instead of just being afraid, I'm also excited. So I have other emotions. <laughs> Awesome. I can't wait to see where yeah. your journey takes you. Um, you. And I'm just, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Thank you for having me, guys. I really love talking about these topics. So anytime. Nice, nice. Thank you, Steph. And yeah, this was definitely so encouraging. I'm going to take a leap tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> 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 all right everyone well thank you for tuning in this is 
a word at the table. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in.